Hi, this is PJ Stevens with another PJ Tips. I'm with Richard Cartwright from Southampton University, accountant, all-round nice bloke and jolly decent NED. He's going to help us with some identifying and actually developing some even better board behaviours. Now, we've heard some, we've heard from Richard before on bad behaviours, um, and to some degree, as he said in the in the uh, previous recording, perhaps it's easier to spot those. It's easier to to spot poor governance, and great governance doesn't necessarily uh, hit the headlines. But Richard, today, um, and thanks for coming back. Uh, let's talk about better behaviours then. So, how can we learn to spot better behaviours in the boardroom? Well, you sort of talked about good corporate governance being something that sort of goes relatively unnoticed. Um, you tend to see bad press in the Financial Times, corporate collapses, scandals, and all the rest of it, all the juicy stuff. And it's quite hard to identify what the opposite of those mannerisms are. And in the last session, we talked about this differentiation between leadership, which is this sort of like charismatic role, which is quite often um, required and needed amongst the executive directors who are there to lead the organization forward, take them over the hill, achieve the mission. And you quite often get the, you know, those, those charismatic qualities that you want from that, the ability to speak, the people, the, the ability to be authentic and genuine, to take, take people with you. And then you ask the question, well, what's the role of the board in that? And well, the board is there to lead collectively, but actually the role of the chair and the non-executive directors is there to provide good governance. They're there to provide that box and that framework for that charismatic leader uh, to operate within. And when you ask what those behaviors are, people quite often sort of get stumped, um, but they're they're slightly plainer words. They're things like accountability. They're things like transparency, probity, and sustainability. And and those are the type of traits that you want to see in a board in order to give them that framework to allow people to operate in well. So when, when you say things like accountability, for example, how would you expect accountability to be behaved in and around the boardroom well it's, it's about tone 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 from tom the from the top it's it's not having slopey shoulders effectively um you know one of one of uh, my mentors um talks about the servant leader and, and almost inverting the hierarchical pyramid because it's quite easy to think about sort of rising to the top and being at the pinnacle of your career and being at the top and actually, when you are in the board of uh, the boardroom, when you're the chair or you're a non-executive, actually what you're carrying is an inverted pyramid. You're at the very top, but what you're doing is you're, you're carrying the senior management team who are supporting the junior management team, who are you know, supporting the operational staff. And, and it's really uh, not about sort of being at the, the, the top of the pyramid and, the pyramid and and looking down, it's about being underneath that point and looking up and going, right, we're responsible for all of those people. And, and, and that's really what accountability is all about. It's about when that bad news hits, yeah. you acknowledging it 
and saying that you have responsibility for it rather than sort of looking side to side at who can be blamed next and so in, and you and you it, it, i get a sense you've seen that you know when you were just discussing that bit there's a uh, you know, like a real sense of understanding, right? And I, I don't know if you have or you haven't, but it, it certainly felt like it to me. And how, you know, when you, if you're in the boardroom, if you sense people are looking, you know, perhaps not to show that accountability, what is a good behaviour from you as an NED to to raise that accountability back up? I think is a gentle reminder, a, a diplomatic reminder that the buck stops with us. And it is us, right? Because Although you might be looking to a particular person, you know, if an IT project's gone wrong, you probably look at the chief operating officer or if, or if the IT director is a statutory director in the boardroom, you're probably, you're probably naturally thinking it might be their portfolio. But if a business goes wrong or a business fails, then the board is collectively responsible because you've not put the safeguards in place to, to ensure that it's success. So if you're being if you're being slightly aggressive, you probably point the finger. But the best thing to do is to point the finger at yourself and say, "Look, you know what did I do that contributed to this? What did I not do that contributed to this?" As a non-executive, you know what are my you know what are collective failings? Because yeah, there may be someone who is you know the responsible individual, but in a boardroom environment. You're all responsible. So if we were if we were to try and unearth, you know, let, let, let's tr let's try the the five top best board behaviours or the five even better board behaviours. You know, um, you were talking about accountability. So what would some of the other you know behaviours? Maybe not just values. Maybe accountability is values. That behaviour of value. I don't know. But but let's talk about some of the behaviours that that you've experienced in good boards. That you could share with um that you could share with the audience so i think a really clear one happened relatively recently so recently that it the organization will remain nameless but transparency is hugely important so um you know organizations now are readily being uh uh, uh attacked from all sorts of different directions right. you know in response uh to uh to uh to sort of cyber attacks you know, it's it's having that bad news communicated very quickly. Now, it can't be disseminated to everyone immediately. It can't be made public because you, you're required to understand the scale of the problem before you then reach out and, and you undertake communications. Because otherwise, you need to know what you need to you, you need to get a, a, you know an understanding of the scale, the depth, uh, and, and the scope of the problem before you, before you take any further steps. But that communication should come from the executive directors and be shared to the non-executives as soon as possible. As soon as there's an issue that's that's known, it, 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 it shouldn't be a state secret. It right. shouldn't be something that's left to the next board meeting. There should be a mechanism to disseminate that. And let's face it, we've all got email, right? Um, that That's communicated out so that the entire board is kept in the loop. And so transparency, this openness and willingness to communicate not only the good news, but the bad news too, is a really, really important behavior that you would want to see if you're a non-executive. And if you're not seeing that, you're starting to see things come out only when they're really, really ugly and they're a really festering problem, 
then again, you need to start thinking about how you can shift that culture. Yeah. So it's a more open environment, certainly within the scope of it being, you know, commercial and confidence within the board. And do, could you just say a bit more about that culture piece? Because often we, we hear culture used, if I may, as, as a bit of a buzzword. You know, it's this kind of nice to have thing. And, um, you know, we, we sort of know we should pay attention to it, but we don't. So what do you think about that? How do we create an even better culture in the boardroom? It, I mean, it so much starts with the tone from the top. And it and it's it's about, it's not necessarily what your real personality is, right? But, I mean, hopefully there are no, you know, you know, people that 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 that, that reach the board space, you know, aren't malevolent. Hopefully, they're not, you know, corrupt uh, and all the rest of it. But if you are one of those things and you are in the boardroom, then don't behave like that. You know, it's so important that you set good tone from the top, because ultimately, if you're if you're wanting anyone else in your organisation to exhibit positive behaviours and uphold your corporate values or whatever it may be, you cannot not be doing that in the boardroom. And so it's- it's Can I just jump in? Because you say you cannot not be doing that. And I I sort of get it. But the problem is I see boards that don't think they have to do it. They don't think they have to live those values. They don't think they have to have that lived experience that you've talked about, that actually it's okay. They can behave differently and expect the business to behave you know, in, in, in a, you know, according to the values, but they don't have to. Yeah, and, um, you know, we, we've seen that in public life too, uh, relatively recently in some calamitous, uh, calamitous ways. Where it, and it, and it's ju- it doesn't pass the Daily Mail test, right? Not, <laughs> not, not that I'm promoting that as, uh, as, as, as the, the, the correct sniff test, but if you're being a hypocrite, right. we all know when we're being unless we're sort of a complete uh, psychopath or narcissist we know when we're being hypocritical and no one likes it it's a universally disliked behavior and if your if your staff get a sniff of that then then they're they're not going to do their best they're not going to uphold the values they're not going to focus in on achieving the mission and strategy so even if you feel like it a little bit then you know, knock that behavior out. You know, it's about acting. You know, people often talk about acting up in roles. It is about acting the role if you're not there. And hopefully you are just, you know, a, a genuine person. And I'd, I'd loosely say that it's down to the Remnomco committee, the, you know, remuneration and nomination committee to make sure that you weed out those people, right. those malevolent people before they reach uh, you know that 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 point where they can do some really substantial damage. So, th- so let's have a look at so just if we can kind of, you know, quite quickly pull together, you know, Richard's five top better board behaviours. So, I think loosely, you've said what accountability, transparency, you through, yeah, pro- real, probity. real transparency, right? Yeah, real transparency. Probity is an interesting one too. And this is about going above and beyond complying with laws and regulations. And if we're thinking about Partygate, right? I mean, Partygate <laughs> is the ultimate failure in probity, right? Because, yeah, maybe maybe they weren't... Well, some of the laws have clearly been broken because those fines have gone out. But, you know, 
rules were definitely bent, even if they were not broken. And yet probity is this behavior that you want, which is, you know, just a selfless act of going yeah. beyond, going well above and beyond what's expected and required into spaces of really desirable levels of compliance with, you know, laws and regulations and and, and honesty, truthfulness, having that ethical code of behavior that's, that's almost shines out of people. And the final thing, you know, my, my next behavior is, is sustainability. And this is not about, you know, there's been so much focus and I think boards understandably are under a lot of pressure to achieve results for the next quarter. But as Michael Itzer, who's the CEO of the ICAW talks, He's not interested in the next three months. He's interested in the next quarter century, right? And we should be, as businesses, as organizations now, thinking about how do we deliver value, not only financial, but environmental sustainability for the next 25 years. Because there's no point us cutting off our nose to spite our face, you know, and achieving great things in, you know, in a really myopic way, really short-term way, when actually... It's much better to take, you know, take losses now or, you know, to invest for the long term. So we are sustainable for the next 25 years. Now, clearly, if you've got a pressing, urgent requirement that's been caused by a conflict in Ukraine or has been caused by COVID or Brexit or, you know, something like that, then, yeah, you might have to take some really, really drastic action in the next three months. But right. we shouldn't be doing those cynical things to tweak profits or whatever that start a slippery slope that actually detract from our ability to deliver over the next 25 years that's some very very powerful uh, some very powerful closing words on that richard i, I want to thank you for that but just um genuinely j just for a couple of seconds just before we finish that just nice if you like nice and quick and light so what are some of the things that boards can do to improve behaviours? Where can they get help from, for example? Okay, well, certainly, like, uh, I'd love to say, you can come to the University of Southampton and, and we've got a great, great team here that that that, that are world-leading researchers in corporate governance. So so there's a starting point there. But there are also other, other organisations. So, you know, my professional institute, the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales, they're a great authority on corporate governance because it's kind of what accountants are, are there to do. They're there to provide command, they're there to provide uh, leadership, and they're there to provide guidance. And mm -hmm. and that's hopefully not something that's, you know, flip and flopping all over the place. It's, it's about the long term. But there are also other organizations you talked about, NEDA, the Non-Executive Directors uh, Association, who also provide provide guidance too. My, my second piece of advice is, 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 is be diverse. You know, I, I've, I've, I've been very, very lucky to, to hit uh, the boardroom in a non-exec capacity at a much younger age uh, that, than many other people do. And if you are on a board and you are thinking that this is a bit of a, um, a, a yes factory, you know, bring some cognitive... Uh, dissonance into there. Bring some cognitive diversity in there, and take a chance on 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 people who are a little bit different. Because you know, a board's not diverse if you've all gone to Eton, right? You right. might be gay, straight, white, black, 
male, female, but if you've all got very similar characteristics in one way, you know, like you've been, you've all gone up, and this is probably the biggest fault for all boards in terms of diversity, is that they tend to recruit retiring executive directors rather than people who have never held executive office. Now, you have to have a balance. You can't have everyone being, uh, you know, someone who's a new upstart, young, whatever. You have to have the right skill set there. But there should be scope for that cognitive dissonance because otherwise you do end up sort of going around the boardroom and just everyone go, well, do you agree with this? Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah mm, and yeah. I think there's, you know, when, when you talk about the difference, dissonance difference is, and diversity is, you know, if I may, sometimes there actually is more diversity in the boardroom than the boardroom allows to, to shine through. You know, I'm not saying you've beaten it out of each other, but you are you're very similar, and therefore you, you know it's almost like you you get you get sort of almost lazy. You know how this is going to play out, so you sort of play the game a bit, and you know you want people in there who feel able to speak out to share, as I say, agree or disagree, but but commit. But also, as you you can't. And a chap I was talking to a while ago, a friend of mine, just just a quick one, very very funny. Um, he was looking to do a particular project. It's about recycling rubber. Actually, it's about yeah. And uh, he's quite wealthy, got a number of businesses. Um, and just to, to, you know, but but to a senior, it wasn't really a board meeting, but to a senior meeting, he actually invited a few people um, just to say, actually, what do I do with rubber? And he got in, um, he got in a, a lady who was into sort of fetish, sexual fetish thing, sold services. He got in um, uh, a comedian um, a, a, that we were on telly, but I won't name names this particular one. He got in somebody that was making dentist chairs out of recycled rubber. Anyway, just to say, what could we do with this stuff? You know, tell me what's out there because I don't know what I don't know. And unless I get a diverse view, and and if you if you knew the chap I'm talking about, the idea of him having a sort of a lady, you know, with with uh, sort of sexual fantasy thing, you, you know, it was absolutely bonkers. But he's not. He doesn't worry about that. He's strong enough to say, I don't know, and I want these different views sort of want, in the business. I, you know? I think that probably goes to my final bit, which is time. Understandably, you you know, board meetings take a huge amount of time uh, out of the calendar when people should be loosely otherwise doing stuff. Right. Likewise, if you're non-executives, if they're voluntary or if, even if they're paid, you don't want to be taking huge quantities of time 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 from them at the same I'm trying to find another word for time yeah. but at the same time you do need to give the opportunity for things to be a white describe as a green paper rather than a white paper right yeah an absolutely abhorrent thing to experience in a board is can we just agree this paper you know there's no spoke scope for discussion and that's really, it's really important that you do provide boards the opportunity to have away days, you know, maybe somewhere glamorous or maybe just, you know, in a conference room at the organization, but where you're not doing anything else, where you can do a bit of blue sky thinking, where you can challenge those things, get experts in from the outside to really question stuff and perhaps do that a little bit more regularly. And one of right. the nice things that I've experienced over the last few years where we've been doing you know things virtually is that you know the board meetings maybe have gone back to face to face but there has been a quick catch-up call where you can just spend an hour discussing a thorny issue collate the experience of the whole board and then come back to it rather than you know 
those board meetings just being a sausage factory of here's a board paper, it needs discussion and then approval. But by the way, the discussion is going to be, it's going to get approved because you, you don't want to shoot anything down that's fully baked. It's always important to have those opportunities where you can really think broadly, challenge stuff, because otherwise you end up just doing business as usual. Richard, thank you so much for your uh, insights in that part two of board behaviour, boards behaving well, boards behaving better. Uh, it's been me, PJ Stevens. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. Uh, thanks to Richard Cartwright for your very practical insights. And yes, whilst you, as you say, you, you may be younger than most, you are certainly very uh, broadly experienced. And I I love that about you. Um, I and I also love that, that little hint of fun as well as the kind of the um, the, the academic practicality piece that sits behind it. So thanks so much. Hope we do some more, uh, do some more together soon. Um, Richard, thanks so much. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today on how to improve and develop better boardroom behaviours. If anything we've said has resonated with you or if you have any questions, please feel free to get in touch. Be delighted to have a conversation with you. Thanks so much for listening and thank you to my esteemed colleague, Richard Cartwright. If you need any help improving your boardroom behaviours, we have a set of structured programmes, one-to-one coaching and facilitated sessions to help you do that. All the best. Bye.